For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hello, folks. This is the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Jeff C. I'm the host of the show and podcast and on the social team at Social Media Examiner. I'm Grace Duffy, the producer of the Social Media Marketing Talk Show and a contributor to our site, Social Media Examiner. Today, we are so excited to be joined by Bella Vasta. If you don't know who Bella is, she is an authority on building Facebook groups and the CEO founder at Jump Consulting. She hosts the podcast, Bella in Your Business, and she's the author of the book, The Four Types of Dogs Every Business Needs. Today, we're going to explore new management tools for Facebook group admins and moderators and how they can and leverage the growth of groups to engage their audiences with Bella. Bella, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh my gosh, it is my pleasure. And right before this amazing conference. I know. What an awesome time to be on the show. <laughs> very, we very are cool. so excited to have you. So we had a couple of Facebook groups news. And so who else, who better, but the authority on groups to talk us through this. So first up, uh, Facebook is testing moderator insights in groups. So this is a level of real-time analytics available to group admins and moderators. And it is a detailed section within their groups insights, which provides an overview of their total activity for each assigned group. So this is data like members that have requested whether they've approved them or declined them, posts that have been removed and declined, and then post removal, which are all very important things for group management, as we all well know. They've also rolled out the ability to download this data so you can keep a separate record. And they tell us that this option is currently being tested with a small group of people, but will be rolled out to groups soon. So if you're a group admin and you haven't been pulling your weight in your group, maybe it's time to start before this information starts getting out there. <laughs> but first up, Bella, do you have access to this tool? Have you seen it? What can you tell us about it? I feel so excited to say that. Yes, I have access to it. I never get access to anything early. So yeah, maybe Facebook is like got the memo that I'm like obsessed with groups. But yes, I do have it. I went and I looked immediately and Grace and Jeff and everyone that's listening. Hi, Bruce, Sabrina, Jen, Lisa. I think this is an awesome move because what happens is when you have a good Facebook group, which I'm sure many of our listeners do right now, right? Because obviously they listen to the show. You need help. You need backup. And most of that time, if you're a business, that backup comes with an investment of a community manager, right? And up until now, like, yeah, you could see like what happened. And we were all excited when you could actually have a log. But that log didn't really tell us who did what and when. So let's say you have like some sort of an incident or, you know, uh, you get 
get back on Monday and you're like, oh my gosh, this thing blew up on Saturday. Before you were just kind of scrolling through this log, having no idea when this stuff was happening. And now you actually have a pinpoint that you go back to. So that's reason number one. The second one is like you just said, Gracie, um, it, it's another way that you can kind of check and balance the way that the moderators are all pulling their weight or community managers or admins or whatever you want to call them, whatever you call them. Right. And so it really helps you measure the investment that you're putting into it. Because we all know that if there's like four other group leaders or something, we're like, ah, someone else will get it. You know, (laughs) it just happens. But with this, it's more like, okay, so I see you only really did like two administrations this month. The third thing about this that's really neat is if you have a group that you don't have the post turned on, like you have to approve them first, you know, in the past, again, on this activity log, we just saw, you know, it was approved, right? Now we can not only know who's approving them. So who's on top of the ball, but also maybe the callback time, you know, like, oh, it took four hours for someone to post it. And by that point, the poster might've already found their answer. And so therefore our group is no longer relevant to them. Right. Or I know if I post something, even though it has to go through approval, it's going to get faster approval. So that could also help the administration say something like everything that comes through during business hours should be approved within 20 minutes. Or you could even create an expectation for your group. Hey, yeah, we do have it behind this wall because we want to make sure that what's been posting on the wall is fruitful and valuable to you. However, we will guarantee that it will be approved within X amount of time during certain hours. You know what I mean? So I think this is a really like neat thing if you use it in the right way. Cool. Rupert has a great question here over on Crowdcast. Uh, He goes, how is this rolling out? Is it like geographically or is it by individual use, group size? Do you know how they're kind of pushing this out to people? Oh, I get all these funny, like not funny questions, Rupert, sorry. (laughs) All these awesome questions, right? But I have no idea, which is why I was so thrilled that I actually had access to this feature. (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't know. I have friends that are going through Facebook woes right now Mm -hmm. that, you know, you would think would have all of the answers. And, you know, Facebook's just kind of like, it's like the Wizard of Oz. It's that man behind the curtain. I don't know what's going to come up. So I'm sorry, Rupert, but I don't know. I haven't read anything about it yet either. You know, I do know that sometimes on Instagram or even some Facebook options, they always say, oh, it's rolling out here first. And then here they really haven't in anything that I've read. I haven't seen it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what do you think is behind this tool? You know, what are the advantage of having like this? I mean, you kind of mentioned some of them, but this down to the second insights of your admin and moderator, that just is kind of really in depth, I thought, for Facebook to roll this out. I mean, you know, you mentioned some of the case uses before that, but is there anything else that this is really like you are deep into groups? I mean, you said at the top of the show that you're like, oh, my gosh, is what you get excited about. But you know, for normal people, is this something that they really, really need if they're just having like a, you know, they're just creating a group for a hobby or is this really specifically for businesses? Yeah, that's a great question. And there's so many ways to take that. So to the average user, the person that's not obsessed or isn't like making money from their Facebook group, this probably isn't that big of a deal. Honestly, people aren't necessarily making money from a group yet, but they are intending on it first because what they're doing is they understand they have to build an audience or a community first, and then you can monetize it. So this might be something that's good for the back of your head. But what I always like to do, Jeff, is take this to a bird's eye view. Okay. And let's actually 
actually compare over time what's been going on. So with our Facebook pages, we got this feature. With our Facebook pages, we got to have different admins. We got to schedule. We got to have uh, all these insights, right? And now it seems that since 2016, at least in my opinion, since Facebook is trying to really more focus on groups because they say for meaningful relationships, if you ask me, it's basically because now we have a ton of mini moderators moderating Facebook and we can go to our specific interests and our specific things and get that excitement or that knowledge or that information or those relationships that we want Uh on a more niche basis. But I think that the groups are just really following in line with what the pages have done. And I do believe that a monetization of it and ads is just, it's only inevitable for it to come in. But first they need to really, just like we want to create communities and generate them before we monetize them. I really feel like this is what Facebook's doing. So we're going to keep getting these little trickles of things. We've gotten moderate. um, They'll suggest good moderators, people that are always participating. They'll suggest people who are, you can turn on the mentorship thing. You can turn on the unit section where you can use it a plethora of different ways, which I will tell you about in my, my class on Monday, March 2nd at 2.15 if I can so plug that. But I just kind of feel like all of this stuff, well, it might not on a minimal, like a smaller view, it might not be that big of a deal. But if you really pull back your vision and see really what this is all part of a bigger vision of, I really do think that it's going in that direction. Does that make sense? No, it's perfect. So one of the things with me, so, and I'll be perfectly honest, one of the main reasons that I have not created more groups is the moderation. So it takes up way too much time Are there any other tools that Facebook kind of maybe has made available to help with this? Because to be honest, that's what scares me. I'm like, I don't know if I have any more time to dive into a group right now. I'm going to like flip this on you for a second. (laughs) Is this more like you don't have time to create the content and be creative about it and lead it? Or you don't have time to actually moderate all the comments and engage because there is two parts to it. Yes. I think for me personally, it's the, the part that scares me is the moderating and engaging because it's like, I can push content and I mean, anyone can push content. Brands can push content, but I think the hardest part is like, you never know. And I think this is just general statement when something is going to blow up, right? Mm -hmm. You could be putting something out there or someone could be in there like doing whatever and you never know what's going to blow up. And I've seen them blow up in groups and the best groups, my favorite groups are the ones that are really well moderated, but they have a team and a lot of people like they don't have a team or like you said, you don't, you know, you want to start off small and you don't know when to make that leap. So that's what my issue is. So I think with that kind of also comes like culture, right? So like, and I'm going to go back to my backyard example. For those of you who haven't heard this, I feel like pages are your front yard groups are your backyard. That's where the party is. That's where you go get all the beers, hamburger, make sure Wi-Fi is going on. You host it, you make people friendly, but every single backyard is different, right? So I know groups that are like, Oh, I'm sorry if I shouldn't be posting this, please delete it. And then you have groups where there's just renegades. And then you have groups where there's people that are just complaining all the time and they're very negative. You won't believe what happened to me. So I would actually respectfully challenge that mindset. And I would say, what kind of leadership are we doing? What kind of culture are we creating? And honestly, like, especially with Facebook saying, Hey, Grace, like this person would be a good moderator. They're in here a lot taking advantage of those. You know, I Mm -hmm. think that leading any sort of business by fear is not a good 
standard, respectfully. So I no. think that there's always ways that we can get around it, right? And I think it's it's expectations. I think it's letting people know. Um, it's also, yeah, things are going to blow up and we cannot control them. But oftentimes, as you know, it really depends on the way that we react to it and the way that we support our community and they see us swoop in and are we like right. Superwoman or Superman saving the day? Or are we just like, oh, well, they have their opinion. I'll let them do this. So I think so so much mm-hmm. of building a community really comes back to leadership style and just overall group culture. Right? Great answer. Setting the tone. That's good yeah. advice. Bruce in the comments says it's indeed time consuming, Jeff, but he loves doing it. And Sabrina says, yes, you really need to have great group rules and need to have a great admin community manager that is aligned with the subject matter of the group. So what Bella has, you know, kind of said that as well, that, you know, having that team and, you know, I guess you're saying, you know, the the culture of the group is super important. The way you, as the leader in the group, creates that culture in the group makes or breaks a great Facebook group. And can I jump in? Rupert said something really interesting that I want to build off of. He said the groups with tens or hundreds of thousands of members, there's a new post every minute with no comments. I don't join them. So one, I would say if there's a group like that and there isn't much comments, that that's probably a group that either A, should have all of the posts moderated or B, it should find splinters to organically start splinter groups. So maybe you have army wives, but then you have army wives of daughters um, or life. A dad does this too, or dads of daughters, dads of multiples, dads who love sports, dads who are coaches, like all of these like little splinters, because Mm -hmm. sometimes it does, it gets too big and there's no rhyme or reason to like, okay, when you get to a hundred thousand, this is what you need to do. Like it doesn't work that way. Because again, going back to the backyard analogy, if you have a really big backyard and you've got the bouncy house and you've got all this stuff for people to do and people are getting along, it works. But if you've got a two by four backyard where everyone's jammed in there and it's really uncomfortable, then it's time to like, you know, throw them into another backyard. Does that make sense? Like, I hope that makes sense. I love talking in analogy. That's great. (laughs) So for the casual Facebook user, we talked about this is kind of over the top, but do you think, you know, we've had like the, the Super Bowl ad and then, you know, is this a signal from Facebook to businesses that they should be starting more groups if they haven't already? I mean, we know where you stand on this, but um, if you can pull back about like, okay, you love groups, but even just looking in from the outside, is this where Facebook really, really is going to go? Listen, I think that right now we're in the gold mine. We're in the gold rush. This is the cool thing, guys. It's not going to be the cool thing in a couple of years from now. There's going to be something else. I mean, on the verge already, Jessica Phillips talks a lot about dark social mm-hmm. and messenger and bots and all this, like even more private, private, private stuff. Right. I mean, our whole way of communicating has really turned into that. I don't know about you guys, but I'm in like three chat groups of like 30, 40 people that are going to social media marketing world for all different like subgroups, you know, it's insane, but there is something to be said by, I've seen two different reports, 10 million or 11 million for Facebook to do their very first Super Bowl ad and to put the emphasis, not only on groups, but what they did is they did like the happy thing for it. You know, they made it about you and they made it about the most interesting random little things. I actually have post-it notes right here because I reached out to all the groups in the ad and I'm going to be talking about it. Sorry, I'm promoting again, but in my section, I was like, I wonder how successful these groups are. And at first look, a lot of them have thousands of members. But when I talked to the Facebook group owners, I got a whole different story. So to answer your question specifically, Jeff, I think that 
they are pushing it that way because they have to. Mm. They're not going to keep pushing the feed right now because of Russia, because of privacy, because of all this stuff. So that's kind of their like um, their defensive move, if you will. But like I said, most of the things that you can do in groups, you can also do on pages. So I feel like the groups are really just kind of like like the second child, if you will, of Facebook that's just maturing up. And if there's one definite, one thing you can always put your money on is that it's not going to be the same next year that it is right now. Okay. It's always going to be evolving and whatever we're talking about right now. And if you're listening to this later, it probably already has changed, (laughs) but right now is when you want to get in on it right Mm -hmm. now is when you want to create community communities are never going to go away. And I know we have more to talk about communities, so I won't go any further than that, but communities are something that we've been doing since, you know, the Oregon trail and hitching our wagons and going into a circle. (laughs) I was just at the dunes this weekend and everyone puts their fifth wheels in a circle and, and community is important no matter what platform. And that's why groups are successful, but Facebook, I'm sure is going to make it more and more difficult for business owners. It's just inevitable. Gotcha. Like fall in love with me and then I'm going to change on you. Right. So I want to bring up a comment from, uh, we have another speaker from our conference who popped in Lou Mangello. If you don't know who Lou is, he does Walt Disney world radio. So he knows all about community. I mean, he's built his business around, oh, yeah. you know, taking people in community. And if you haven't watched any of his live streams, you need to, cause he's amazing, but uh, love Lou. Uh, he says, I love groups, but having to be beholding to a cryptic hidden and ever changing algorithms, as well as not true ownership over the memberships uh, contact list. So it's kind of an issue for him. So I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but like you said, Bella, it's like, this is like the wild west. You know, we're going to see how these groups are because it's what's new and hot right now, but eventually, you know, that may change. Mm-hmm. What is your backup plan is what I'm thinking. You know, you don't, <laughs> I mean, you've got to be thinking about that. Yeah. So here's the thing, like the way that I do my groups is I use my groups as a funnel. And so I'm always stuffing my top funnel, which is my free group. It's like anybody in the industry. And then it goes to a niche and a niche. And as you get lower, they, I start paying for them. Right. Mm -hmm. That could easily be moved over to mighty networks or wherever I need to, but I know enough about my audience that they're on Facebook, like, I don't know, 25 plus times a day. And that's just working for me right now. I also feel as though every group owner should always own their people. So we have three questions that we can ask when we go in there. There is no rhyme or reason not to ask for their email get their email. And there's other awesome tools that I've talked about where you can click approve once and approve a whole entire list of people. And they go straight into a spreadsheet and you can take that spreadsheet and put it into Zapier and you could send them an email or you could do whatever you want with it, you know, but it's, it comes down to strategic opportunities. And I totally agree with Lou. I guess it also kind of depends on how long are you building this group? I mean, I've had my group since 2012, Mm. that's eight years. And they're good. Like I've been able to really connect and and make friends and, and make a lot of money through it. But if I had to get them, I, I, my community, and this isn't gonna be for everybody, but my community, if I had to get them onto another platform where they had to sign into, I know I wouldn't be as successful. Mm. Um, because this just kind of goes into their already daily behavior, given my industry. Okay. This doesn't mean it's universal for everyone. And Bella, you've talked about this with us before when, when we've had you on the show, but you, you just said something that really sparked this, which is like, there's a time when a group can close, right? Like 
the, oh, yeah. the, the group can end, right? So, so you don't have to have a long running series like yeah. of, of like Young and the Restless. Like you could just like stop it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you two examples. Like right now I'm currently doing a book club and, um, I'll give you, I'll give you my secrets and maybe people are in the book club are listening. Right. So I ended up getting 150, almost 150 people in the pet community to do a read through for two months of the E-Myth Revisited because hello, we're all in business. We all want to like get on top of our business and everyone's very excited. It was the beginning of the year. It's January. We're all like renewed and have all this hope. Right. But my goal at the end of that, because, you know, that's a lot of work. We created all those graphics. We scheduled them all in every week. I go do a a video. But at the end of this and this week, people are going to start seeing my offer. My offer is going to be to join a six week pop up Facebook group that's going to be offered at a certain dollar amount Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. has a beginning and has an end. So those are two Facebook groups that have basically been like it attracted a whole bunch of people that might not have actually been in my network, which is really cool because of the way that we got people in there. And then they get used to me in that way. And then I could be like, oh, hey, we have this group now at the end of that pop-up group where we deliver this course, this short six-week course, I, of course, have free or paid groups for them to continue on. Because I'll tell you, the very first time that I did a pop-up group that has a beginning and an end, what happened is people got pissed. They got so upset with me that I was closing the group. Uh, and they're like, Bella, we want you every day still. And we want you to like deep dive with us. And that's how my monthly mastermind was formed. Some other people will call them inner circles or, you know, those tight knit paid groups where you get access to me Monday through Friday. So, you know, again, it goes back to strategy. What's your strategy? What's your long-term plan? Right. right. So let's circle back. Uh, this was a question. So this tool, right? So where can group members or group moderators, group owners find this tool? So group funnels. Yeah. And it's the worst sales page <laughs> ever. But once you get it up and running, it works beautifully. Perfect. Cool. Okay. Well, the, you've given us so much information on this. So this past Sunday, there was a story in CNBC or on their website about Facebook's uh, larger shift to group. So this happened, as we may remember, around 2017, following a slew of scandals and fallouts and different things that happened in 2016. So after that point, Facebook shifted its focus to groups, talked a lot about community. And so this article published by CNBC to publish uh, talked about the shift, what was behind it, and then how it's fundamentally impacted and basically involved how people use Facebook. Now, Despite all the negative press and obstacles of 2016, Facebook did continue to grow. It grew to 2.5 billion as of this past December. Facebook users are now engaging more with content in groups as part of the network shift to what it's calling meaningful communities. So just to give people a point of reference, there was about 100 million people, users in groups in 2017, presumably when they started this initiative. And now there's more than 400 million people in groups. And it's probably even more than that since these stats aren't always to the second, like <laughs> like some of the insights are, right? So and it probably, you know, we mentioned this a few times, that awesome Super Bowl ad. And I keep seeing it everywhere. And right. it makes me happy because it goes from like all the different groups and you're just like, oh, so I had to Google that song. <laughs> And now it's stuck in my head. But um, yeah, and it just went from like this interest group to this interest group to this interest group. And that's typically what it's like on Facebook. Like that's what the experience is for me, both online and off. 
So now one of the big advantages of groups, of course, is that it helps you find your people, no doubt, right? So no matter how niche or drilled down or specialized, this, of course, is awesome, right? Absolutely one of the biggest advantages. But it's also one of the biggest issues when it comes to groups, because when it comes to managing them and making them more useful, I, that's, that's a big struggle. We touched on this a little bit. So when you're talking to brands and businesses, which you do quite often about building their groups, what advice do you have for them about doing it well and to make sure that it is a nurtured, good community? Yeah. Well, just like any business, I would say, what's your plan? What's your business plan? What does it look like when it is done or when it's good? Like, what is your apex of like, like this group is awesome. right? Right. Because many people will have different outlooks on that. The other thing is, is how and who is going to plan your content and not just content, but like ways to reach people. Because if you're just posting text or manic Mondays and wacky Wednesdays and finally Fridays every single week, it's going to get old, not only for you, but also for the people in the group. And like, that's, I'm sorry, I keep saying, I hope it's okay that I say this, but that's why like the session is going to be so fun because there's going to be like 11 wacky things that you can incorporate to kind of keep it fresh and not just be the same old monotony all the time. Because I think the reason why people come back is you got to remember that it's got to add value somehow to people's lives, right? right? Mm -hmm. It's not all about you. And to your point, it is about interests. It's not about your business. It's about, I'm interested in social media. I'm interested in being, you know, the strong man. I'm interested in, I talked to stone sculpting rockets. There's the rocket group on there. You guys, they have almost a thousand members, but only like 50 of them participate. I wouldn't really consider that like exciting. And he also Mm -hmm. said to me that it was really hard to get engagement. And I said, well, do you have a strategy? Is there a business behind it? There's no business behind it and there's no strategy. And I'm like, okay, well then that makes sense. I feel like when businesses go into it, hopefully they go into it with a mindset of here's my plan. Here's my 90 day plan, 60, you know, like, or do it in quarters, something plan out your content. So you've got your basic foundation bring your awesome stuff to it to really just, you know, create those fireworks, if you will, you know? Very cool. So one source cited in the piece that focus on groups is strategic and well-designed and it's keeping users on the sites longer and providing rich harvestable data for Facebook and its advertisers. So let's talk about that for a bit because my cynical beard says, um, you know, this is them just pushing it for uh, ad space. That's the main Absolutely. reason they're running out of space. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I would I would totally believe that. And the thing is, is like I said earlier, I mean, if you just look at it from a bird's eye view, not with your blinders on, like right. down at the ant size, you can see that most of the things that are coming to groups, they're not brand new because they were actually done years ago with pages. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, Facebook wants to keep you on the platform. So, okay, people had a real backlash with Facebook in 2016 after the election and we can't trust them and we don't know what we can trust. So where can we trust it? Well, I can trust Bella because I know her group or I can trust Social Media Examiner right. because I know they've moderated it. What Facebook did essentially by focusing on groups, in my opinion, was take the heat off themselves because those moderators are now the new filter. It was brilliant. 
Well, here's the other <laughs> thing. We had um, Rich Brooks on a couple of weeks ago from Flight New Media. I love he, him. He's an awesome person. He's so, he's so great. And he said, um, he was talking all about how Facebook and Google, they're making retargeting harder. And to me, I was thinking, groups are just a great way for Facebook to track a niche or a custom audience right there on their platform. They don't have to worry about, you know, tracking pixels or any of that stuff that may be shut off because it's going to be there. They're going to see what niche is doing well and they'll know what ads to serve to them without any of that stuff. So what are your thoughts on that? I can't wait until we can add target. And this is probably something Amanda Robinson gets excited about I know, right. until we can just target the heck out of people in groups. Right. Um, Dennis, you said something years ago that I've never forgotten. And I think it was at my first social media marketing world I went to. And um, that man is so brilliant. He talks so fast. But the one thing I remembered was Facebook is the largest database in the world. And it's up to us to learn how to use it. And it's so true. So to your point, yeah, I mean, these groups are really, you never know what's going on in Zucker's team's head, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we always know that it's not stagnant. We always know that it's like little things that are adding to bigger things that are adding to bigger things. And all of this stuff has been planned out. It's not like he woke up one day and said, hey, let's go do this, right? right? It's all very strategic. So that's why if we can remember that it's always going to be changing and that right now it's not someday, you guys, if you're listening, you want a group or you want to make your group better. It's not someday. It's not next month. It's not next quarter. It's not next year. If you want to do this, the time is now because we don't know what's going to be happening later on. The only guarantee you have is the landscape that's right now. And you can only create your strategy based off of right now. Mm. Absolutely. So you said that we don't know what's going on in Zuckerberg's head. We absolutely do not. But we have kind of the next best thing <laughs> from the queen of Facebook, Mari Smith. So she posted this uh, the day after this article published. And I'm, I'm going to read the tweet out to everyone. It's Facebook continues to double down on groups. Watch out, though. They'll likely go the same way as pages. Lower, lower reach and then pay to play. Now, I didn't say that as pleasantly as her voice is. So. <laughs> but excuse me, Mari. I mean, she would have done it so brilliantly. Yeah, she's, so, she's so like, I eloquent. I oh love her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, nowhere near that. So sorry, everyone. That's just, you, you can go read the tweet in her voice if you'd like. But um, Bella, what are your thoughts on this idea of, you know, building on rented land? What happens if Facebook does start charging for groups or limiting reach in the groups? Like, what's the next step? What is that tomorrow for us? Well, that's actually a good point because you remember like last year, right before social media marketing world, we were talking about Facebook was starting to like let us charge for groups. And mm -hmm. that fizzled out, like never really heard much more right. about that. Right. So 100% always, I agree with Mari, anything she says. Yes, oh, yeah. Mari. <laughs> I would never not. She's such a great thought leader when it comes to all of this for all of us. You know, again, it kind of comes back to, you know, going with that rented land thing that you're talking about. It goes back to your strategy. And I'm sorry, I keep saying that, but like, are you asking just silly questions when people enter in your group mm. or are you getting their email when they're in your group? Are you segmenting them in terms of, you know, maybe you have a free download or a free something where they have to sign up for it and you can track, okay, these are the scalers in my group. Okay. These are the people that are just starting in my group because obviously someone who's 
I'm going to just keep using my group as an example because it's easiest for me. Someone who's at like eight, nine hundred thousand dollars and they're they're on their way to seven figures, they're not going to be interested in a, a download of how do I start a pet sitting company, right? And so if I were to throw a download in there and I get that, I mean, what you do with the information in there is totally yours. So I don't consider that it's on borrowed land per se, Mm. because I feel like it's your job to be cleaning house and feeding them cookies and making dinner and ushering them to different parts of the house, if you will. Do you know what I mean? Like, like your group is such a awesome opportunity to start the beginning of a funnel. But what are you doing inside of your group? How are you appealing to them? Okay. Even if it's a, if it's a local area where it's, you know, 10,000 people and it's all around a lake and it's just, it's, it's the people that live in this area, maybe a business can sponsor it. And maybe a business can come in there and they could say something like who here has dogs. Okay. Post a picture of your dog below. All of a sudden you've got like a whole entire thread of all these people in this area who have dogs that you could now do your own data mining for, you know, like it just comes down to like how you use it. And I don't really feel like we're building necessarily on rented land. If you're doing it right, you are just going in there and passively doing it and like, Oh, whatever. Oh my gosh. Facebook. You know, I don't think that's the mindset of, at least people I hang around with, like the people that are like strategic business owners. And I hope that everyone listening can think like, we have to be proactive about our business, about our life. We have to make things happen. And I'm going to stop there because I think I could get on like a sermon. So, <laughs> so what are the, I loved your analogy about the different rooms, you know, saying like, you know, ushering them in because I've seen groups that don't do well. And it's like, they usher you right into their dungeon. You know, like yeah. locked, they're trying yeah. to do the sale too hard right at the right. beginning as soon as you say yes to their group. So your whole point about culture, I think, is great. We've had a lot of questions and a lot of people have been talking here in the comments here on Crowdcast that, you know, what are the advantages of creating a group versus going to Mighty Networks? Uh, and we kind of mentioned this before and, you know, talking about building on rent and land. So do you have, do you think they should do yes and, or should they start in Facebook groups and then have mighty networks in the back of their mind? If they have to move off of it, something happens, you know, a lot of people are talking about mighty networks in the, in the comments here. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, and I've checked it out myself too. I think there's a couple different, there's, there's no absolute answer. Okay, you guys. So I think that, like I said, Facebook groups is a really great way to start your funnel. Mighty networks or the likes thereof are really great ways. Like if you have like a paid membership or you're delivering stuff, or it's a very long-term solution that you want to own no matter what. And you want to have all of the bells and whistles that come along with things like mighty network. So I think you have to think about like, what is your strategy? What are you trying to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Right. You have to think about, will my users, will my group find it useful enough to get off of Facebook, which they're on 25 plus times a day and go log in someplace? You know, what is that going to do to my engagement? Are my, maybe your members are people that absolutely hate Facebook for whatever reason. Maybe it's a group of people that uh, maybe they're all lawyers and they don't feel safe posting and and talking on Facebook, although Mitch Jackson's group would totally disbunk that, Um, you know, just like a heavily regulated industry, maybe insurance Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe it would work out good. So I really think that it comes from knowing 
what your community wants, what they would do, pull them, ask them, but also with your strategy. I wouldn't necessarily just put a really big free group on like a mighty network or something like that. I would definitely always start it on Facebook because hello, that's where everybody is, but it just kind of comes down to your strategy. And that's Mm -hmm. something that we could always dial down in to see, you know, what kind of things are you delivering? What kind of platform do you need to deliver that with? It's kind of like, what kind of car do I drive? Like a Lamborghini or a Kia? Well, (laughs) what features do you need and how much are you willing to put into it? That was a great um, explanation because I think there's no one size fits all when it comes to Facebook groups. And with all this news that we've been talking about, there's, I know a lot of people are thinking, okay, maybe I'm listening to Bella. I got to get on a group and and all these things are turning around their head. And so, uh, yeah, I think this has been a great conversation about groups. So Grace, do you have some more questions for Bella? Yeah, I had actually had a question. So, you know, we've talked a lot about the positives of groups mm-hmm. and you've got us definitely excited about groups. I, for one, was already excited about groups. I love my groups. And one of the big things is that when you see an active, thriving community of people engaging, engaging well, you know, if you're a brand or a business, it drives people to purchase. It gets people excited about your brand. It gets people involved with you in a different level. You know, that backyard, front yard no dungeons, please. <laughs> but like, you know, the kitchen, the living room, all that. Right. right. So, you know, and Facebook is obviously prioritizing feed, right? Like we've seen that in action. I mean, most days my entire feed is just group posts and I absolutely love it. Right. But what's a good way to get people to find your group spell? Like, you know, like, so you have yeah. this great community. How do you draw people in to like look for you or find you? Or how do we get that in the forefront? Yeah. Um, I actually have a blog on this too. The very first and obvious thing, um, depending on your subject matter, I, I keep forgetting their name, but it's the rock Lake. I think it's rock Lake. That was in the commercial. They're oh, yeah. ridiculously popular. And the guy started it on just because he wanted to, and it grew. And now he's like, I'm going to monetize it. And he's like making t-shirts and like, it's a magnificent and people on there are like, Hey, I need a hairdresser around rock Lake or Hey, are the fish biting on this end of the lake? Like, so to your question, which I just totally forgot. How do you get people to find your group? Thank right? You. Like, so, so like, so something like rock Lake. I mean, if I lived in rock Lake, I will search that in the box. And then it's saying like, Oh, rock Lake group, 20,000 people. Wow. Like, right. That has some clout behind it, right? But if you're a business and maybe your business name isn't necessarily the interest of the group, you know, and you can't, it doesn't make sense for you to name it that way. There's a lot of different things you can do on your Facebook cover profile. You could like really draw attention to the button that you can change that says visit group. Um, and you could change that button to that rather than like message me or whatever else it can say. You can put it in the signature of your email. What I love that Chris Strub used to do all the time with his group was he used to go on Facebook or Instagram stories and he used to start telling part of the story of something that was happening in his group. And right before he got to the answer, he would like black it out and he'd be like, join my group now to see the rest of it. It was really cool. Another thing that works with that too, is he got like a pretty link. So it was like, you know, chrisstrub.com forward slash group, you know, something like that. Because if you send people and you say, oh yeah, go find my group. It's, um, I own a pet sitting business with staff. Like what? (laughs) And you're going to lose people when they start typing for it, or they're going to get distracted by other groups that maybe they think it is. So if you can have like a redirect and have like a nice pretty link, a a nice one that you can remember Mm -hmm. that will just dump people directly to that Facebook URL, that'll really work. I would put it in your email signature. I don't know if I just said that. I was thinking it. I don't know if I actually said said it. it. Um, 
You can ask people on your Facebook page. You could put it in your email newsletter. When people buy something, you can ask them like, hey, you want to join the community? You can do so much. You can't run ads directly to it, but you can run an ad to a landing page that invites them to it. You can offer something really cool, like for joining it and to get people, there's a multitude of ways that you can get people in there. But again, it goes back to strategy and most of the people listening are marketeers. So we got to think about what avenues we have to do it. You know, maybe you had Kelly Noble Marabella create a QR, but you're like, boom, there's my QR code. And maybe that once you get into the bot and it's like, hi, I'm da 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 da. You want to join my group now? Like you could do it through there. You could do through. There's so many different ways. Just start brainstorming. Awesome. Well, if you haven't figured it out now, folks, Bella knows all about Facebook groups. So (laughs) Bella, where can people find out more about you? You should come to Social Media Marketing World. Um, You can go to bellavasta.com. That's pasta with a V. So Bella, V like in Victor, A-S-T-A. That's my, my speaking website. But if you're coming to the conference, I would love to take a selfie with you and say hi. And I would be honored if you consider coming to my session, go on that Whova app and go and click attending. Uh, it's Monday, March 2nd at two fifteen. Awesome. What's your session called Bella? It's how to get more group engagement. <laughs> official, official title. But let me just tell you my slides with their cover is 11 kick-ass ways to basically get that engagement going that most of them you haven't seen before. And I use actual examples from people that have been successful doing it. So if you want those juices to flow, maybe you have a group that's completely on life support or you feel like groups just are not your thing or you can't get it going. I promise you that you're going to have a ton of ideas and notes by the end of my session on how to get it like jump started and revived back into life. Well, groups are my thing and Bella, you are my favorite. So I am really excited that we got this opportunity to have you on the show, especially right before the conference. Mm -hmm. And when I saw this big news come through, I was like, we got to get you in here. We got to get you. And like, (laughs) you are like a spitfire of ideas. Like, (laughs) I love it. I'm not afraid to dream, girlfriend. I'm not afraid (laughs) to dream and help others dream. It's fun. So Bella, how many years is this for you at Social Media Marketing World? Uh, This is my third or fourth one, two, I think it's my fourth. So, so, you know, it can be a little intimidating for people who go to social media marketing world for the first time. Like you were, you and I have both been there when we've gone for the first time. It's like, oh my gosh. So what is some of your biggest takeaways you would give somebody who's going for the conference for the first time? Love this question. So start connecting with people immediately. You guys have made it ridiculously easy to connect before you even get there. Join as many meetups that you can. Find other people in your niche. Never sit alone, but I don't think you really can. Don't be afraid to say hi to people. And don't be afraid to even talk to the speakers and stuff too. You know, the speakers are, every one of them, are they're all there. They genuinely want to help. They're all very approachable and reach out and ask them. And I would just say like, don't be shy. I mean, we all are a little afraid of making friends or whatever, but start it before you get there. I think that will help a lot and just sign up for stuff. Because even though there's like thousands of people that go, it always amazed me how many times I see the same person over and over and over again. I remember the very first time I was there, Israel Rats, I 
saw him like every day, four times a day. Like it was nuts. (laughs) And we just started laughing about it, you know, and become friends with people. Don't be shy of like requesting friendships on Facebook beforehand, sliding in people's DMs. Like, Hey, I, I was wondering if you have time for this, or I was wondering what you were doing for lunch on that. Or I was wondering if you had any ideas on, you know, X, Y, Z. Something else that I think is really cool too, is during the keynotes, get there a little bit early and sit in like the first or second row. I double dog dare you because Marcus Sheridan actually pulled me up there uh, a couple of years ago. And I was like, we're going all the way to the front. What? (laughs) (laughs) But, but the people that you meet up there are the people that are just like really on fire and engaged and often, you know, part of the crew, like you guys are mostly all up there too, you know, just different than sitting in the back of the room in the corner where you don't have that energy. There's a different energy up in the front. So I encourage you, this is one you don't hear much, but I encourage you to go sit up in the front row, second row, third row. I dare you. And if you see me up there, let's get a selfie. Very cool. (laughs) Great tips. So if you can't for some, I've seen a lot of FOMO going on for people who can't make the conference this year. Um, But if you can't travel to San Diego, Sometimes attending social media, Mark will, you know, just can't happen. But luckily, there's a way to catch all the incredible speakers and sessions like Bella's here, the virtual ticket. It's the next best thing. When you get a virtual ticket, you can experience social media marketing world from anywhere in the world, even in your PJs, if you want. So we won't judge. So to get your virtual ticket, go to socialmediamarketing.world. That's socialmediamarketing.world. You'll save $100 if you do that today. So uh, very exciting. Make sure you do that. A lot of people I've seen in the comments here are attending virtually. Leslie is. um, So there's some other people as well. So very, very cool. Get that virtual ticket at socialmediamarketing.world. And if you can travel to San Diego, PJs or not, you can still grab that all access ticket. Same website, socialmediamarketing.world. So grab those live in person in the middle of the action, front, second row tickets to like come see us live. And you'll see people like Bella and Jeff and you'll see me. And if you do sit alone, I will be the person that comes up to you and says, hi, we be friends now. That's right. Grace will do it. She'll (laughs) jump right on you. So for more details and links about the show, Grace does an incredible job of wrapping everything up up in our social media marketing talk show recap that publishes on Saturday at Social Media Examiner. You can find that at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash news. Don't forget that this is a podcast. If you want to go back and get all the stuff that Bella has been saying, dropping all these knowledge bombs, make sure you go subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. New episodes publish every Saturday. We would love it if you would subscribe and give us a rating on there. It really helps us out. Our next show is on a special Time and day. That's right. It's a special time and day. Next Wednesday, February 26th at uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, we will be going live once again to uh, get ready for Social Media Marketing World. You can check out our show calendar every week at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And thank you, Bella, for being our special guest today. We loved having you on. You were awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you guys later. Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.